Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 283, and today we'll be talking about Computer Vampire from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Wherein Oscar plays a game for babies, loves it, but freaks out when the boss is too scary, and the cursed game takes over the island until Oscar can finish what he started. I call practically every episode of Summer Camp Island that I watch relatable, but the experience of being afraid of a video game boss as a kid deeply resonated with me because, well, have you ever had a similar experience as a kid? Hmm. Not with a video game boss, but when I was a very small child, the intro of Ghostbusters just creeped me right out. <laughs> I actually feel like I also was pretty freaked out by Ghostbusters as a kid. Of course, it wasn't exactly a movie designed to be totally kid-friendly either, so that makes sense. The ghosts in that, though, were pretty freaky looking. I actually, at Super Mario 64, I was afraid of the the first boss, the, the big Bob-omb, which was not designed to instill fear in children. So <laughs> it felt like a very similar experience to Oscar, where like I even knew as a kid, I'm like, I shouldn't be afraid of this, and yet... I refused to go up that mountain to confront the <laughs> boss because I think it was just the actual experience of confrontation that was actually the scariest for me. It was much easier to just run around and it's very easy to avoid the few uh, bob and Goombas that you play it or meet in that level. But yeah, it's like funny as a kid knowing you're like, I shouldn't be afraid of this thing, but I just, I don't know what it is about it that does scare me. And obviously Oscar, part of it is just like, wanting to face it anyway. I really loved his nuanced answer he gave to Alexa. Oh, yes. She questioned if he was ready to uh It's not really a yes the, or no question. Vampire. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, time to finish your vegetables! <laughs> oh my goodness, food puns. This episode is uh, chock full of them. I like the theme of this game. I also really like that they hand-drew the pixel graphics in it instead of, um, <laughs> like, using real pixel graphics that Definitely fit the show a lot more. Yeah, although that's uh, that's remarkably remarkably nice images for so much pixelation. Yeah, well, I just like that they spent the time to actually like consider. I you know they probably even use like a grid or something, but you know actually drew what the borders of certain objects would look like pixelated without actually drawing you know yeah, individual pixels. It's all it's all ridged cool. rather than smooth. Yeah, for me though, I think the standout quote was Susie's Oscar. Did you play Fruit Farmer? That game is cursed as all get out. <laughs> yeah, in a era where I see lots of cursed memes, there's just something funny about hearing <laughs> hearing her t- uh, say that. And uh, yeah, I I really like this little journey that Oscar has because it's not particularly like deep, and it's not supposed to really be like uh, you know they're not using this as the opportunity to tell us something about like how Oscar views everybody and that somehow relates to the game, like. You know, I, I like that Summer Camp Island isn't always like a mind trick. <laughs> I feel like if this were an Adventure Time episode, that kind of that show kind of could go either way on this thing. But sometimes it would go on the like, let's. I'm just gonna mess with your mind, and you know, Summer Camp Island continually takes the path of like being nice and and gentle, and and yeah. I deeply, deeply enjoy that. Although I'll say this, Oscar continues being judgmental, calling the the kid who let his monster baby go down a waterfall he continues calling him bad kid in this episode (laughs) yeah why is he i i like that term though i like that i feel like that's a another thing you do as a kid you're like oh there's the one bad kid in my class you know (laughs) but this time he got to be old kid which um much more adorable than the invader's inversion 
How's it going? <laughs> that was spot on, actually. Spot on old man impression. Thank you. Thank you. But oh, uh, speaking of speaking of Susie's wizened appearance, I also just I don't know what about it, but I just love the appearance of the unicorns chewing on her beard. <laughs> and that she just uh, kind of stands there as an NPC and, and just takes it. Yeah, I like that she embraces uh, it as well, the, the outfit, because it makes her feel, uh, well, what does she say? Wise? Makes or... her look smarter. <laughs> or uh, like Garnet, it makes me feel important. I, I do wonder, though, just uh, so you know how Pepper had the same line from the game, preserve me, I'm in a jam. <laughs> yeah. So in in the game, you only ever see one fruit taken away. But on the island, you had for one several several fruits were there. But Hedgehog even had her own line. This is bananas. I've got to split. Yeah. What was it from the game, or was it their own? You know, comedic genius. <laughs> I, I don't know where the where the one liners came from. Yeah, I did like that. All the little fruit outfits, though. I'm certain the game gave Hedgehog the line, but see, now now I'm wondering about a fictional game that was meant to be... I'm spending way more time thinking about it than I should. (laughs) Well, here, I'll I'll help console you. I also thought for a moment watching this episode about how um, there's something special about having characters dressed specifically as strawberries and bananas. I mean, I think especially people just love characters dressed as bananas, but it reminded me of the first episode of Hey Arnold, where Gerald and Arnold are also somehow a banana and strawberry. And there's just, um, I think, well, first of all, there's a good, you know, I'm going to quick, deep analysis. There's a good height differential. It's just funny to have someone in a banana that's kind of tall and a strawberry that's kind of squat. Uh, good, good color. Uh, you know, one's red, one's yellow. That's a good, I don't know if they're opposite on the color wheel. Uh, this analysis is actually no, breaking not. down. But yes, <laughs> I uh, I like the fruit selection. <laughs> I'll tell you this though: if they had managed to get some pajamas on a hedgehog, I would have smirked. <laughs> There's a, a lot of smirking that happens in pajamas during uh <laughs> during this episode. I don't know. I just I just really like Fruit Farmer, like the fictional game, because that's like the the like the super early old style computer game that would have excited me as a child i would have had to be younger than eight year old by eight year by eight years old i've already played better games than this but (laughs) like five year old or six year old gc would be like oh this is so cool (laughs) it's definitely the i mean the activities they did in the real world felt more um like active but the way the game was presented on the computer was much more in the almost like text-based adventure style game where there's much less movement and it's mostly like dialogue and you're presented different screens. And that's like a game that one kids today probably have played very little of, uh, but two would have been the perfect type of game where I feel like, like my childhood was, I I actually expected that every website had games on it because somehow every website I went to as a kid, whether it was Nick.com or Cartoon Network's website had like, you know, cheap, quickly produced flash games that connected with different episodes Uh, like i remember the invader zim episode about you know zim freaking out about germs and then quickly there was you know a flash game where you cleaned up the germs i loved the game where you played as the the robot from nano zim that's that one was cool yes oh my god yes that's yes look that up listener uh there was some cool stuff that nick made back in the day 
But this would have been totally like a candidate for that. It's actually a shame that in like our mobile game world now, it's actually harder for devs to push out really like cheap little ideas as games. But this would have been the perfect thing that you could have quickly made up in Flash. Actually, like in Flash, you could make a simple adventure style text-based game really quickly because setting up screens is kind of trivial. Although I'm sure there's modern equivalents, but yeah, this would have been perfect for that. Yeah, talking about the old school text adventures, and if this was more in the style of that, can you imagine the look on Oscar's face if Susie had told him that it was dark and he was likely to be eaten by a Gru? <laughs> I want fan art of that. That would be fun to, uh, you know, web web comic artists go go make a Oscar experiencing a you know that's actually perfect for the web comic format. Your own choose your adventure with Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say though, Oscar did respect. You know, I'm, I'm trying to you know communicate a deep respect for digital entertainment, but I think the hardware is important too. And Oscar deeply disrespected a uh, computer in this episode. I don't like that his reaction. It was a very violent reaction, a little atypical for Summer Camp Island for him to completely destroy that thing. Yeah, I'm gonna destroy this thing because it scares me, <laughs> Oscar. Everything scares you. I mean, it's effective, but it's a little too much. Like, we can take that song from Garfield and Friends, Wade, You're Afraid, and, I mean, we would miss out on the rhyme, but Oscar, You're Afraid would make a lot of sense, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking of music, this is a stretch, but hey, I remembered. There was a saxophone, you know, uh, speaking Yeti at the beginning of this episode. There was a Yeti. We don't know it was... It wasn't specifically ours, right, that we saw in... uh... It's really hard to tell because, you know, we don't see a lot of Yetis, so we don't know how to pick them apart. No. Yeah, I I don't know all the distinguishing features of Yetis, but it did set up a nice little, uh, you know, almost rhythm for the start of the episode. And also, this episode, like, took a second to actually get to the main plot, but I really enjoyed its sort of, like, meandering pace. Like, we get to see all the characters again which obviously you kind of need to do just so that when they all transform, you have like it recently in your memory, what the difference is, but also that was very important. (laughs) Yes. Very important. But I like the little jokes. I love the little toast that they're operating on. Who is, you know, a toast patient, but then man, that scene. I mean, I, this is my experience every time I go to get a haircut, which is that, you know, all the, all the drama comes out when when you're getting your haircut. And I really love Susie massaging the hair on the mop. And, you know, they're just talking about a friend who just recently got fired from their job again. Barbara. Uh, It's perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. Barbara just can't seem to hold a job, I guess. Um, that's, yeah, that's just the best. The, uh, the, just the, just the way that they're playing doctor. Just the way that bit was paced makes me smirk every time. Uh, back to back to all the smirking that happens in this episode. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of little gentle smirking. That's just man. There there is a Summer Camp Island just fits such a unique n- niche in, in cartoons. Also, uh, just because we skipped a few episodes ahead, I want to mention that the th- person who sang the theme song changed. I don't know if that happens yeah. all the time in this show. They but do that from time to time. This edition of it is very nice. I like. Uh, that this time, like, there's some, like, you know, purposefully not perfect notes, but it just sounds so authentic, um, that it's, I don't know, I, I like hearing different takes on the theme song, that's kind of fun, and this one even fits the vibe of Summer Camp Island even more, which is, like, that imperfection perfection. 
But yeah, you, you mentioned Oscar disrespecting the computer hardware. What about that book? He just ripped a page right out of it. I mean, <laughs> I understand that he used it for the book's intended purpose, but like, seriously, like, go get paper from something other than the book. That feels like a very cartoon thing, like, where it's okay to damage <laughs> books and just rip a page out of it for the convenience of having it somewhere else in another scene. Whereas it would look really ridiculous if someone did that in, like, a live-action show. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, Oscar Oscar calls that kid bad kid, but he's not <laughs> a good kid in this episode either. What if I'm the bad kid? Yeah. Also, I, I want to call out that, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, some about Oscar and um, Hedgehog's, like, friendship, but this episode also made me think a lot about how it's only been very recently where I feel like cartoons finally aren't playing on the trope of having, you know, some main male character have, like, a secret crush on the main female character. And it's just, like, so nice that, like, this episode, almost anywhere else, e even recent cartoons like Adventure Time still played on this trope where, like, you know, normally all the ways that Hedgehog is, like, helping Oscar through this journey would be somehow hinted as romantic, and that's just not here at all. And honestly, it's a little sad that I even, like, think that that's a subversion. But, you know, it's like, finally, <laughs> we're, like, showing kid friendships that just, yeah. like, don't have, don't, like, draw on, you know, cultural norms or expectations. And I just, that that's also a really important component of Summer Camp Island and something that I feel is, like, intentional just from, like, how the characters are designed to be purposefully less, like, gendered which is also you know works because they're animals so it already takes away some of those things but also just like the way that their friendship group uh works together which just like removes those like <laughs> it was something that was actually present in the pilot of the show though which is kind of fascinating that they you know completely steered the ship but um somewhere I'm else so but... glad they removed that element <laughs> yeah like i like that the awkwardness or the weird things that happen are not based on that Really awful tension of <laughs> unreciprocated uh, romantic desire, which like is a totally still great thing to cover in stories. Obviously, has like there's still a lot of room for it in modern media, but it's just not as uh, it's just not drawing on the same tropes or other cultural stories. So yeah, Summer Camp Island is is not where I want to go for my heartache. No, especially not, <laughs> especially not uh, like annoying, not really real, really already played out heartbreak. <laughs> so like, I'm fine with like romantic things happening in this show, but like, I'm glad that we can just have Oscar and Hedgehog be really close friends. And it's just a good example for kids and adults, really. Here, here. But uh, one, th one thing I did want to mention be before we go was all of the fantastic, fantastic book titles that we get in the library. Absolutely. it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that cartoonists throughout the decades have taken advantage of, of library scenes to do this, but I, I specifically remember Adventure Time starting this trend of just filling out all these book titles. Um, there's some really infamous ones. Like, I think Jake walks past a book that says, like, butt stuff on it, which, you know... <laughs> But yeah, I, I I paused during this episode and like actually turned my head sideways just to read them all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at There Are Spiders, A Cat's Guide to Mexico, What to Feed Your Books. 
for the for the attentive book lover you can't escape clouds now that's ominous <laughs> i want an episode with that title i can't remember which i feel like it was from the okko crew although i don't remember an episode specifically that had a bunch of book titles but someone was tweeting about their experience about like having a brainstorming session to come up with these this is an especially fun thing to do in a writer's room i mean it's just everyone everyone gets to pick a pick a book title and drop it in right <laughs> yeah, some of them feel that way. I like how some, short some of them are too. Like some of them are just great, like two worders. I mean, what is Belgium? Oh, space LOL was a great one. <laughs> also, just long story. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. How not to draw books? <laughs> Very instructive. I mean, yeah, they. I, I just, I just want all the writers to know that. Like, I'm pretty sure they already know this, but we notice and we appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, last one. I see one called Kid Stuff, which I, I just, I, is that a reference to the Butt Stuff one? I, I don't know. Probably, probably not. I mean, it's probably not a reference to So Many Birthdays from Steven Universe either, but we can dream. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that uses a two-word common phrase as a potential reference. Every funny face explained. Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> how to make your dad glad i feel like there's another show we've been covering where that book's relevant i love you moo moo i'm so proud of you anyway guys that's been us on computer vampire join us next week until then i'm gc13 and i'm david don't forget to uh you know maybe leave us a review on apple podcasts or like on youtube later everybody Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>